Welcome back to Beyond Well, the Closet Sessions. We're all coping with COVID-19, <laughs> and I'm here with Dr. Jenna Lejeune and Dr. Brian Goff. Hello, you two. I can't tell you how wonderful it is to see your faces, even by Zoom. Yeah, it's great to see both of you. The reality of COVID is starting to catch up with everyone, and um, the level of suffering is starting to catch up with all Americans. And I'm just so grateful when I see you two, especially the work that you're doing every single day with your clients in, just in the world. So thank you. I really wanted to uh, share some of the things that, that Jenna and Brian have been sending me about the ACT approach to facing COVID, which is just a way of acceptance and commitment therapy being useful in this crisis time. And it's called FACE COVID. And if we break it down, it's because every letter is an acronym for something very helpful. So I want to start with, um, Jenna, your explanation of why this particular type of expression or way of being right now actually works. What's the science behind it? What's the evidence behind it? Yeah, so um, it's really important to just simply acknowledge that you're having a particular thought or feeling, but the key is you want to notice them for what they are, not for what they say they are. So they're, they're simply thoughts and feelings. And, you know, being somebody who's interested in science, I actually like to think of like what literally is a thought or a feeling. You know, it's a little essentially like squirt of a neurotransmitter that's up in your brain. And when you can just sort of see, oh, I'm having the thought that the world is, you know, in crisis, or I'm having the feeling of panic right now, that is very different than either, oh my God, I'm panicking, or trying to ignore your thoughts and feelings. So simply acknowledging, and an easy way to do that is to say, I'm having the thought that, or I'm noticing I'm having the thought that, or the feeling of. Yeah, I love that. That just sort of becoming a like impartial observer is so, so helpful. It's sort of like stepping back and being able to look at it rather than from it. And this is a, a way to sort of move it out and saying, I noticed that I'm having a thought that uh, my, the situation is hopeless. That feels really, really, really awful. Like I'd give that a nine on a scale of zero to 10. But if I say to myself, I notice a thought that the situation is hopeless, it doesn't go to a zero, but it goes down for me. It goes down from nine to some smaller number. And that has nothing to do with the actual situation, but the way that I'm relating to the thought that I have about it. Yeah, that's so wonderful. I think C is probably for me the most helpful just because I store so much anxiety in my body. So the idea of coming back into your body really resonates. Brian, you want to pick up and just talk about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I think that the, the intention here is to be present and to be at a sensory level. All of our experiences can essentially be sorted into either mental experiences or physical experiences, physical sensations. And so when you're, when you're focusing on a physical sensation, it is very present, it's very here and now, and it tends to slow things down a little bit and make you feel more grounded. And so, um, Jenna, give me some, if, so that people who, who are still kind of struggling to grasp this, what do you Absolutely. mean? I've heard, I've heard people say, feel the ground with your feet. <laughs> yeah, feel yeah. your butt in your chair. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So one of the things I'll do is I'll just press my feet into the ground and just sort of feel what that feels like. Or I'll even do sort of strange things like I'll notice what my right pinky feels like. Yeah. Um, 
But then just really basic stuff like get up and move your body, stretch, breathe. You, If you're somebody who's trying to work from home or study from home, you need to have something on your phone that tells you every half an hour, every 45 minutes, stand up, move your body, stretch a little bit. Um, it's really important to care for your body in these times. And E is engaging in what you're doing. So I think a lot of people have been organizing, attempting to busy themselves. Why am I not feeling better? My closets are so organized. My pantry looks like amazing, but I still feel so anxiety ridden. What do you mean by engage in what you're doing? Yeah, this for me, I'm, I'm not going to lie. This has been one of the hardest ones because uh, I'm trying to work from home uh, right now. And I find that I'm doing all this like multitasking and putting out all these 5 million fires at the same time. And when, when we're talking about being engaged, it means be in the here and now. Be engaged with what you are doing right now. And so, you know, when we think about worry or trying to put out all these fires, that's always about the future. And so it's really important to have a practice when you notice that you're not in the present that brings you back to the present moment. And sort of the easiest way that I know how to do that is to notice one of your five senses. So your, your senses only occur in the present moment. So if you are noticing, you know, looking around and what is the yellowest thing you see right now mm -hmm. or what's the softest sound you can hear right now that will just bring you back to the present moment and then you can carry on with what you're doing i love it so far we've made it through f-a-c-e face covid brian pick it up at committed action c yeah i think this is the place where it's a little bit related to the focus on the things that you can control in the face of all of this COVID, pardon the face COVID uh, parallel there, that was an accident, we're going to show up in one way or the other. And you see this in the way that people are responding and treating each other. You know, whatever lack of control you have over where all of this goes, you're going to show up either out of distressing thoughts and feelings, out of anxiety or frustration, panic, anger, etc., or you're going to show up with your values in hand. Uh, I see this when I see people reaching out to loved ones or their neighbors who are more isolated than they are or maybe in a vulnerable place, taking the time to appreciate that we're all in the soup together, deciding to stay home even though you're bored or cabin fevery because it is an act of love and compassion for your larger community that we are all doing this to take care of each other that at the end of this we're going to look back and say did i show up to this crisis in the way that i really wanted to be mm. i love that quote so much i love yeah. it i think if every day when people get up and they're feeling grumbly and claustrophobic and they're if they could ask that question in the morning am i showing up in the way that i want to be remembered you know it's a really, really yeah. powerful, powerful thing to do. And in a way, you know, I, I think we can, I was, I was hearing something about somebody had taken a photo of the bridges and the highways and they're completely empty. And one way to look at that is this is the end of the world. <laughs> like what is happening? This is the apocalypse. And in another way, this is a, this is a global act of love. This is people saying, I am not going to spread this thing. I'm going to slow this down. I'm going to flatten the curve. I'm going to do my part because if I drive across town and go to whatever, that probably doesn't hurt me depending on who I come into contact with, but it does create 
a risk potentially for other people and it conveys a message that it's you know sort of like everybody just take care of themselves and when we see these empty freeways that one way to look at that is this is a committed action that we are all in together i mean a simple practice people could do just imagine if you woke up each morning and asked yourself today what is one thing i can do to improve the life for myself and for others one thing. And maybe that thing for you is staying at home when what you really want to do is, you know, go out and go to the grocery store or something like that. Or maybe that thing is when you're, you know, walking your dog from a safe distance, saying hi to the neighbor that you just normally kind of nod at. You can do things in this time. So just ask yourself each morning today, I'm going to do one thing that improves the life for somebody else Mm. or myself. Even if it isn't a a big pro-social behavior, I'm noticing that when I'm home alone, it's pretty easy to just flip on the news and just let it sort of flow in. And I have the option to do something like, this is my opportunity to cook that Uh, to fix that recipe that I've been um, uh, wanting to learn or practice playing the guitar or listen to that new album uh, cover to cover or catch up on particular podcasts. I have choices even that maybe aren't the most grandiose, but we're not necessarily in the free fall of the social media streams and the CNN just kind of scroll at us all day long. Yeah, no kidding. You really only need to check one reliable source once a day. There you can get the numbers, you can get the the race for the cure, you can get or the vaccine, you can get all the information you need. And in some ways, the rest of it is just terrorizing. And I wonder if some of it is, you know, hoping for the control. Yeah. Checking infection rates, constantly refreshing the stock market feed. As if you could wipe down your surfaces one more time and be more protected somehow, right? Who <laughs> right. <laughs> is opening up, Jenna? Take that. Right. Yeah, sure. I think this open up piece is so important because what we're actually talking about doing is making room for them. So if you could imagine um, having your arms kind of clenched against your chest in this scared position or fighting position, and then gently opening them up as if you were welcoming somebody with your arms. That's what we're talking about. Like, how could you welcome this feeling of fear or uncertainty or worry um, into your own life? Just saying, hey, you're here. I'm going to make space for you. And you might think about what you would say, you know, to a friend or a loved one who was feeling the things you're feeling or having the thoughts that you're having. And like literally say those things to yourself. Treat yourself the way that you would treat a loved one or a friend. Um, I'm loving this so much. And honestly, if people can remember just to, we'll put this up on the website, face COVID with each of the letters and what they stand for as kind of a daily practice, just to check in with yourself, especially when you feel your fear and anxiety and maybe claustrophobia and irritability rising. (laughs) V is for values, Brian. Yeah. So values is related to the committed action. The committed action is intentional behavior. And values is the direction of those intentional behaviors. I think the emphasis on the V is take some time to consider what it is that you want to be showing up with, whether it's humor or honesty or patience for your family members or uh, compassion towards others, kindness. The way that committed action relates to that is committed action is where the rubber meets the road. It's what does it look like 
given my resources and my circumstances to step into or lean into this thing that I care about. Because, of course, there's a lot of things that I care about, but because of social isolation and limited resources, the expressions of those values are not broadly available to me the way they would normally be. The consideration here with the committed action piece is in these circumstances, what does it look like to do the stuff that matters to me? And the V is what really does matter to me when my kids are irritated and irritating and and impatient (laughs) and frustrated and maybe do or don't understand why we're having to do certain things. I am also not at my best, but this is an opportunity to slow down and think, How do I want to parent in this crisis? How do I want to show up for them with the qualities of being a father that I want to possess? Taking that time to really think, I do have a choice about what I stand for and what I want to represent in my behavior. Jenna, I I love I, identifying resources, and I am so conscientious that the resources that I have of space and a little yard and the ability to still go on a hike are completely different from so many Americans whose resources are really dwindling. So how do you identify resources even in this time of shortage and the lack of support for so many families? Well, what I really appreciated that you said there, Sheila, was the resources you identified were were a little bit of space, a little bit of a yard to be able to go out in. You know, often we think about resources as money and things we can buy, but just look around you and see what are the resources I have available to me right now. Maybe your resources help. Can you kind of appreciate and use that resource? Maybe you have loved ones with you. You know, maybe you live in a place where you can be outside for a little bit. Um, So all of those things are really important to pay attention to. But then I think equally important here is we cannot go this alone. Even if you're a young person and you feel like you're invincible and that, you know, you're going to weather this no problem, you might be called upon to be able to be a resource to other people. So I would just encourage people, know what the places of support and assistance are for others who may need it. Check on a neighbor. Have your neighbor's contact info. Check on those loved ones who are living alone, especially the elderly do things to be able to say, how could I be a resource to other people? I think the other resources thing is resources or or sources of information. And as we all know, misinformation has always been a part of social media and spam emails that we get and sometimes on the news. The stakes are high for trusting untrustworthy sources of information. And so I think it makes sense to be thoughtful about where you're getting the information about what kinds of precautions we all need to take and how this whole thing is progressing, uh, such as the World Health Organization, CDC, state and local authorities, et cetera. Exactly. Great point, Brian. Yeah, thanks, Brian. (laughs) Yeah, the disinfectant distance is is obviously um, the one that's been spoken about the most. It's hand washing, not touching your face, maintaining social distance. Even those rules are changing every day, Jenna. So how do we make sure to be on top of the different guidance that is coming and not get too focused on on this one aspect of face COVID, the D? Yeah. So this is something you absolutely can control. 
You have the absolute ability to control if you're washing your hands and if you are keeping physical distance from other people. But one of the things in thinking about the distance piece, I've been hearing a lot of people talking about it as physical distance. How do we socially connect while we are being physically distant? And that might be something to think about as you're thinking about distance, like, okay, if I'm keeping physical distance, how am I still going to emotionally and socially connect with people? Because we all really need that. Yeah, thank you. This is not social distancing, as people are typically talking about it, but it's physical distancing. Just because you're stuck at home doesn't mean you can't reach out with phone calls, video chats, and virtual happy hours and things like that. No kidding. I will tell you, though, um, when this is all said and done, you two are getting the biggest, sloppiest hug you've ever received. (laughs) I'm going to hold on way too long. You're going to feel uncomfortable. (laughs) <laughs> that may we'll see a while six months a year maybe we'll never hug again but man i look forward to it you too thank you so much for saving this again face covid both uh the extended version of how to pay attention to these guidelines and and integrate these into your daily life and also a really cool video that just sort of brings it down visually is up on our website thanks again brian and jenna it's so great to talk with you We want to thank our sponsors, the Foundation for Excellence in Mental Health Care and Cedar Hills Hospital. Really, really appreciate the support right now. And if you love the podcast, please give us a thumbs up somewhere, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Be well, stay well, wash your hands, don't touch your face.